Welcome everyone to the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we're enlightening middle school and high school student athletes to the realities of college sports. I am your host, Jeremiah Gaines, and I'm very, very excited about our special guest today. Um, she's a graduate of Keller High School, where she led her three years in volleyball and was named to the first team all district twice and district MVP once. She was a member of the National Honor Society and a two-time academic all-district selection. She led her club team to a runner-up fitness in the 2010 Nationals. After high school, she chose to attend SMU on a volleyball scholarship. Um, she received all-conference honors for all four years while playing at SMU, which I think is very, very impressive. It's hard to even play as a freshman, but to be all-conference is huge. Um, she received all-region honors three times and received all-American honors once. And she is also SMU's all-time leader in blocks with 623 uh, career blocks. Um, it will take the rest of our show to give her all the accomplishments that she's really <laughs> had. But you all get the picture. Our guest today is an absolute beast. So please help me welcome Janelle. It says Giordano, but she is actually Janelle Bell now. Congratulations. I am. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, and thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, yes, thank you. I think that your story is amazing. Um, and so the first question I ask everyone um, on the podcast is, who is the best volleyball player you've ever played against and why? So I was thinking about this question a little bit beforehand, and I struggled with it only because I've played against hundreds of athletes, all of whom are amazing in their own respects, their own positions. And so I couldn't, I couldn't narrow it down to one person. And I also thought that thinking about the best player that I've ever played against encompassed more than just their physical capabilities and mm -hmm. how they played on the court. It's more about who they are as a person. And so I picked someone that I played with instead okay. of against. No, that's only because, because I know them as a person. I know their work ethic. I know um, their qualities other than just on the volleyball court. And so um it's one of my teammates from high school and we also played club together. Her name is Lindsay Klein and she was a libero DS. And so she played on the back row. Um, and I chose her only because in thinking about everyone who I've ever played with, she's the one person who comes to mind when um, I just think about overall amazing leadership qualities, work ethic qualities. She loves competition. Um, she loved working toward that competition. She absolutely loved the game. Um, is probably like one of the most passionate volleyball players that I know. She went through a couple injuries and is still came back every single time and persevered to get back on the court. Um, and so there are just all these different qualities about her that I think makes her one of the best people that I've ever played with and against sometimes right. um, in practice. But anyway, that's who I thought of. That's amazing. You're actually the first person to encompass like the total person. I think that's really speaks to, that's really a testament to what you truly believe. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. So we're going to hold that there for a second. All um, right. <laughs> but just so, the, so just so the audience knows a little bit more about you, how were you actually introduced to sports? Um, to sports. I think volleyball was the first sport I ever played um, back in, I guess, it would have been sixth grade growing up in Keller. Um, they had a rec center called the Keller Point. And my mom just saw in like a community newsletter, I think an advertisement for spring volleyball. And so she asked if I wanted to do that. And I said, sure, I had never played volleyball, didn't know anything about it. Um, so I started playing at the rec center. It was just a, I think a spring league for a couple weeks. I was absolutely terrible. I cried <laughs> after the tryouts because I was absolutely terrible wow. and I didn't, I knew that all the girls were better than me and I wasn't going to make a team and whatever, but I ended up making one of the teams and kind of got introduced to that way, um, fell in love with it and then started playing in school in middle school, seventh and eighth grade. Um, I also picked up basketball in middle school just because I was tall. Again, mm -hmm. I had never played before. I didn't know how to play. I just figured I'm tall. I could try out. And so I made the team, um, played for two years and then continued with just volleyball after middle school, because once I got to high school, it got a little bit more difficult to balance two sports, especially, especially if I wanted to pursue one um, wholeheartedly. So took volleyball um, from there on out, but that's kind of how I got introduced into the, the volleyball and sports world. 
So you're telling me that Janelle, who has all these accolades at SMU, <laughs> she was once terrible at the sport. Because I'm saying this for a reason, because there might be someone in the audience today that started out or is currently starting out. And they're not, like, they might be on the middle school team and they might be mm -hmm. on the B or C team. So tell me a little bit about that process of how you actually overcame your initial, um, I guess you can say, shock to not being as good and like what what are some steps that you took to actually get better over the years um the biggest and i think most obvious one is just being practice um obviously the first time you're ever introduced to anything whether it be a sport or um a new hobby or a new computer software you're not going to be good at it because you don't know what you don't know and so i didn't know anything about volleyball and so i just recognized that I wasn't going to be good. I was also not um, thinking of volleyball as like a future for me. It was just something fun to do at the time. And so there was no pressure to get good if I didn't want to get good. Um, but it was just a lot of practice. Um, it was a lot of recognizing that people were better than me and trying to figure out and kind of mirror what they were doing to see mm. how I could get better and how I could learn. Um, it was a lot of taking coaches advice and just implementing it being coachable, um, implementing um, their feedback into my game. Um, and then just repetition. I mean, just constantly practicing the things that I wasn't good at over and over and over again until I got a hang of it and became more comfortable doing them. That's amazing. You just gave some really, really good nuggets that I hope everyone is listening to because those are those are huge keys to being successful or anything. Um, so let's talk yeah. about let's talk about Keller for a second. So when we right. were in, um, so we actually lived next door to each other um, our freshman year, and we had a lot of conversations because I come from Red Oak High School, and I think Red Oak High School is the best volleyball program in the state of Texas. <laughs> and you and you had some uh, a differing opinion on that. Um, so you, if I'm not mistaken, you used to tell me that Keller has been a pretty good volleyball program for a while now. Am I correct in saying that? Well, before you, while you were growing up, possibly. Yeah, we were good. I'll say we were good when I was there okay. because that's all that I really kept track of. Okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't kept up with the team. I'm so sorry, Keller. Um, <laughs> but while we were there, we were pretty good, um, and we made district a couple times. It's been a while. I can't even remember. I understand. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we won preseason tournaments. We we went to district a couple times. Um, so we were, yeah, we were good. We were co co or by district champs. I think my junior senior year. So gotcha. yeah. <laughs> and so did were you? So you started. You came your sophomore year. That's when you were first on varsity, correct? Mm -hmm. So was it ever intimidating for you when you were a freshman? Um, projecting for um eventually you want to be on varsity so was it ever intimidating for you when you were younger like man I don't know if I'm good enough to actually reach the, the varsity level and if I'm on varsity I have to play as well so was that ever, ever intimidating for you because Keller's a big high school with mm -hmm. a lot of people so walk me through that process of um the intimidation because there might be someone listening that's at a bigger school and they want to eventually play on a varsity level or make some and have some success. So walk me through that process for you. Yeah, I remember my freshman year, um, I was on the freshman A team. And so there were the freshman teams and then JV and then varsity. And so obviously just watching the varsity girls compete after our games and just seeing um, kind of the, comp the level of competition and the difference in the level of competition between the two teams, obviously, um, the people, the, my teammates on the freshman team were only freshmen. And so we were kind of all at about the same skill level. And then the girls on varsity were, could be freshmen to seniors. So there was, there was kind of some, like an experience gap, I think. Um, and so it was intimidating just watching them, seeing the speed of the game being so much faster than what I was used to. And I even, I can't remember if it was just my first practice, um, my sophomore year on the varsity team but I want to say I got pulled up in like the spring of my freshman year to a varsity practice um just to kind of get a feel for things and 
I remember I was standing in the middle of the court and it was so fast. The game was just so much faster than what um, I was used to. And so I just remember I was just doing circles in my spot. I wasn't transitioning. I wasn't even playing. I was just following the ball in a circle right. and I couldn't, I was just mind blown. Like I, how am I ever going to do this? They're so fast. Everyone is reading the game so much better than I am. Um, there's an aspect of reading the game, I think in every single sport, one of, um, the aspects in volleyball is reading the setter on the other side of the net and anticipating where the ball is going to go. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to do that. I just right. see ball, get ball. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where she's going to set it. And so um, there were just a lot of new parts of the game that I hadn't been exposed to yet. Um, I hadn't played club at that time yet as a freshman. Um, so I wasn't exposed to that level of competition, which I think is a little bit higher than high school. Um, so there were just lots of things that I wasn't used to yet. I hadn't been exposed to. And I was just kind of like, I don't know how, right. <laughs> if I can do this, this is crazy. So that was kind of my first taste of um, the varsity level and just kind of absorbing it and wondering, mm -hmm. how am I going to do this? And what moment for you um, when did it hit that, okay, I'll actually belong here on varsity? Um, I think my sophomore year, once I started practicing with the team, we had the team picked out that summer, and so we started practicing. And then just getting fam more familiar with the girls on both the personal level and being comfortable with them, and then also getting to know their playing styles and um, creating a connection with my setter and just again, the whole practice and repetition thing, I think just playing with them more and more and practicing more and more, um, I just started to get more comfortable being around them and just kind of learning um, to own my spot. And just, I'm here, the coaches have picked me for a reason. And so just kind of taking ownership of my position and um, just, um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? just kind of giving respect to my teammates and then knowing that they respect me back as long mm -hmm. as I take care of what I'm supposed to take care of and stuff like that. Oh, that's huge, Janelle. That's huge. Um, so tell me, talk to me about what your academics were like in high school. So the Janelle I know in college was very, very serious about her academics. Was it the same in high school for you? I think so. Um, I remember just always wanting to do well and I I did all my assignments, I did all my homework, all my projects, my dad would help me um, on my English assignments just because he's, he has a really good way of articulating and like editing things so they don't sound as bad as they did when right. I was writing. In high school. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still had, I still had a, a high bar set for myself in high school as far as maintaining academics because um, I want to say there's still a no pass, no play rule. It is. In it high is. School. Okay. Yes. I think <laughs> yes. I can't remember. Um, right. So there's still that level of um, responsibility and maintaining all your schoolwork and then playing um, on the court. And so I, I like to think I did well in, right. in keeping up with my academics. And so would you say it was more intrinsic or was it kind of pushed with your parents as well? Was it like a combination of both? Uh, what do you mean? Like, so was it, just all internal like you was like okay I want to have I want to have good grades I mm. want to be responsible for my work or is it was it more like your parents pushing you towards that or was it a combination of both I think I want to say a combination of both I think a lot of it was on me and just taking responsibility for my schoolwork and owning it but then I also think that subconsciously I knew that my parents mm -hmm. wanted me to do well and um, of course they would have supported me through anything, but there was just kind of like that voice in my head that was like, you need to make sure that you're right. doing all your assignments and staying on top of your schoolwork. So I think a combination of both. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so let's shift to your recruiting process. So I'm very naive to the ball, to the volleyball recruiting process. So walk <laughs> me through what that looks like, um, what that looked like specifically for you. Um, so I, they start recruiting pretty early um, for volleyball. Um, a lot, I think all recruiting is done through club. I don't know 
I think if you only played high school, I don't think it's impossible to get recruited um, because if you're good enough, then your name is going to be swirling around mm -hmm. the volleyball world. But I think it's very hard to only get or to get recruited only playing high school because club is really where you get exposed to all of the college scouts. Um, they're at all of the tournaments that you're out that you're at throughout the year. Um, all of the qualifiers and national championships and things like that. And so that's really where you get exposed. And so I, when I started playing club my first year in high school, I, again, it, volleyball was just something fun to do. Um, my varsity coaches at the time told me that I didn't make varsity my freshman year because I wasn't playing club. And so I didn't have that. I wasn't on the same level as um, the other girls. And so that's kind of what pushed me into club. Um, knowing that if I wanted to continue my career and move up, then I needed to play club. So I um, played club for the first year, my freshman year. Um, and then at the end of my freshman year at our, at the national championships, that's when I started getting little interest cards from okay. college scouts. And I, at that point, like I said, I didn't ex ever expect to play college. It was just something to do for fun. I was playing with my friends. I had no intention of playing in college but when I started getting little interest cards and coaches talking to my club coaches and saying hey we're interested in Janelle let her, will you let her know I was kind of like oh I guess I could I could do this at a college level and so from that point um, I started taking it more serious from um, a recruitment standpoint and I worked with um, a recruiting agency NCSA who kind of helped me put together a profile and a highlight video that I could send out to coaches and that coaches could visit um, to see. And then from there, it was a lot of communicating with coaches. There are restrictions in when you can communicate. Right. Again, I can't tell you what those are, but um, I followed the rules and how I could communicate yep. with these coaches <laughs> and, um, yeah, just started showing interest in schools that were interested in me, mm -hmm. where we had virtual interest. And then um, I went on a lot of just, I don't even know if they were unofficial. It was just my family and I going to visit the school. Yeah, that's, to an, get a that's feel. an unofficial. That is, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so we went to a bunch of different schools because my dad wanted me to get a feel for different campuses. Every college campus has a different feel. And so started to do that. Um, and then at the end of my sophomore year, that's when I had made my commitment to SMU. Um, really? Sophomore mm -hmm. year, huh? Yeah, I committed really early. And um, it was funny because at the time, I didn't have an interest letter from SMU. I don't, I don't think I had an interest letter. I had reached out to the coaching staff at SMU. And I had said, hey, I'm really interested in your program, blah, 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 blah. And then that's when they had kind of started looking at me. And so it's a lot of just communicating how you can with coaches. Um, it's a lot of work too, because if you want to get noticed, you have to put yourself out there um, and stay on top of communication and stuff like that. So that's what mine looks like a little bit. Wow, that's interesting. A couple of things you said are so, like so much different than football, because football is all school. Like there's no there's a small yeah. portion of people play select football, but it's all, mm -hmm. it runs through the school, runs through the district and the head coach. Um, so that's interesting. And for you to, some people in football commit early, but a lot of people, like, like I didn't commit until the summer before my senior year, mm -hmm. which is still technically early since signing day isn't until February of senior year. Um, yeah. So that's, that's very interesting to me. Um, I do have a question. You've raised up, you've said a couple things about, um, you were just doing it for you were just doing it for fun, um, mm -hmm. and you just wanted to like really just stay active. So, do you think that that was a positive for you? Like you had you didn't have as much pressure as like the person who's going for these scholarships ever since they're twelve or thirteen, or do you like do you think that was a positive or negative for you to have that mindset of just hey, I'm out here having fun? I think it was a positive um, for two reasons. The first, I think it was a positive on when I got started, I didn't, like, I didn't start playing um, school ball until seventh grade, really. 
I didn't start club until my freshman year. So that would have been like the 15s club year. And so I wasn't exposed to it at such a young age to where by the time you reach the college level, a lot of people just burn out. They've been playing since they were uh, eight, nine, 10, 11. And so by the time you get to college, you've already been playing for 10 years and you're kind of like, I just want to do something different. I just want to go to school and be able to do what I want. So I think it was a positive from that perspective. And then I also think it was a positive because I never had the pressure in the back of my mind of needing to do really well, needing to be on the best team, needing to be the best player. Um, I competed, but I was never in competition with people to try and be better than them. I just played. I just, I just played and then I was happy to play. And then coaches kind of told me what to do to get better. And I took that advice and I incorporated it into my game, but there was never, and I put a lot of pressure on myself to be the best, or I did um, in college. And so I didn't have that at a young age. And so I was just kind of able to play and it was fun. And I think that kind of like, the fun part of the game was able to that was able to take root Mm -hmm. rather than like this pressure to do really well and always kind of just having it be stressful it was more fun I think right I think what you're saying is so powerful because when you get to college I think I don't think student athletes understand that there's a different level of pressure and expectation that naturally comes with being a college student athlete like it's not Mm -hmm. it's more serious than it is fun probably 95% of the time is serious and 5% is actually fun. Um, Uh So I think just not having that pressure as you're going through high school, like you said, it prevents burnout. It prevents Mm -hmm. you, like you enjoy going to workouts. You enjoy doing these extra things because there's no pressure involved. So I think what you said is very, very important. Yeah. Um, So why ultimately did you choose SMU? Um, So at first I, the first time I ever visited SMU, my parents just wanted to show me SMU. Um, it was kind of a pipe dream at that point because my parents, if I didn't get a scholarship to SMU, I would not have gone to SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted to show me what SMU looks like. You know, here's, they just wanted me to get a feel for a different kind of campus. Um, so we drove to SMU at some point, either freshman or sophomore year of high school. And I, at first, Keller isn't like suburbia but it's more suburban than Mm -hmm. Dallas and so I wasn't I wasn't used to the big city I wasn't used to being right next to a major freeway and so I didn't like SMU I was like this is too close to the freeway this is (laughs) Dallas I don't like it and my parents were like what so I didn't like it at first but then we went back um and walked around the campus a second time I met the coaching staff um, kind of got a tour of all the facilities and stuff like that and I saw SMU differently it was more um, of like a little community within the within the University Boulevard mm-hmm. and SMU Boulevard it was just kind of its own little walking distance university um, I liked the size I liked that it was really small because I had also visited some campuses that were huge um, like Ohio State, where you have to take the bus to get to different classes, potentially. You visited Ohio State? Uh-huh. I think we wow. had a tournament up there one okay. time. And um, so we, me and my parents just took a detour, and we went and visited Ohio State, and it's just huge. And they're like 70,000 students, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I just can't. And it, I didn't like, SMU has a college feel. Like, you, when you're on the campus, you feel like I'm in my little – SMU bubble which I liked and then at other campuses like Ohio State it's like a miniature city Mm -hmm. like you're on the campus but you feel like you're just in a city and I just didn't like that um and so I loved the campus I loved the size I loved the distance to my parents I was only about 45 minutes away um from home which to me was important just because um I'm the homebody and so I liked the ability to always see my parents whenever I wanted to they could come to all our home games um and then when I met the coaching staff I just really liked the coaching staff and clicked with them right off the bat um really liked all the girls that were currently on the team um so there were just a lot of different factors that played into my choosing of SMU so it seems like the majority of your decision were for factors outside of volleyball oh yeah and that was, I mean, 
I loved the coaching staff and I loved the team and I wanted to play for that team. But I think in the back of your mind, you kind of always have to be thinking, unfortunately, about what if I don't play volleyball? What if I don't play my sport? Would I still want to go to school here? Um, and I think that's huge because for some people that is the case and you get medically disqualified or maybe you just don't want to play your sport anymore and you decide you're just going to quit and then you want to go to school. So I think it's important to love where you go to school because that's you're ultimately a student athlete. So you're going to school. You need to like where you go to school. And then um, obviously you need to like the athletic program as well. Yes, that's perfect. You know, I think somebody needed to hear that. Somebody's <laughs> going to need to hear that. So that's perfect. Oh, so let's transition to when you actually stepped on campus. What surprised you the most about your transition to college? Um, about my transition, maybe, maybe the amount of work that went into everything between academics and athletics, I think, um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people can get the assumption that student athletes have it easy because maybe teachers go easy on you or you get all this stuff. But in reality, when we show up to campus, um, we have to take summer school to start earning credits. And mm -hmm. in the middle of summer school, we're waking up for 6 a.m. waits and then going to classes. And granted, there's some free time in the afternoon because you only have to take like two summer school classes. But you have weights in the morning and then you have a team practice after your classes in the afternoon and then you still have homework and then um, you might have like an evening conditioning session or something mm -hmm. um, and then you have dinner and that's kind of your schedule and so as soon as I stepped on campus um, I think a lot of people think of college is freedom but when you're an athlete you have a job to do and you have a lot of extra responsibilities that come with that so that's probably what surprised me is just kind of the length of my days and how quickly they filled up with things that were just a part of that new life on right. campus. So would you say that the workload for college is like way, way harder? Like from one to 10, how much more difficult is, is your college um, schedule expectation and responsibilities in high school? Um, it's a lot more. I don't, I don't want to say it's so much harder because I think the difficulty of it is how much effort you give and it can be really hard if you want it to be really hard, but it can also be, it's not easy, but it can be manageable because you have resources to help you. Um, I think it's just the amount that increases significantly. It's just a lot more you have a lot more demands placed on you um and so it's it's like a job it's not just oh i'm gonna go to college and i'm gonna be an athlete and i'm gonna you know that's gonna be super cool there's a lot of responsibilities and there's a lot of um just like planning and ownership and responsibility on your part to kind of up um uphold your end of the deal yeah so for sure yeah that's good um so i i'm interested Tell me about your experience as a female student athlete, um, especially being a non-revenue generating. So for those who don't know, revenue generating sports are typically um, like football and men's basketball that bring in a lot of fans, bring in a lot of money from concession stands and gates and different things like that. Um, volleyball is a non-revenue generating sport. And so tell me about your experience, one, as a participant in non-revenue generating sports, like what do you think um, your, the perception of volleyball was on campus. And second part to the question is, compared to um, other male, compared to male student athletes, what was your experience as a female? Like what are similarities and differences you've seen um, just from how you're viewed and your responsibilities on campus? Yeah, um, so the first part being a non-revenue generating sport, I didn't feel like we were treated any differently or we were given less just because we didn't generate any revenue for the school. I feel like part of that though comes from the coaching staff that we had and our head coach um, just really being really caring for us and caring for us as both 
women and then also as players on her team. And so um, I feel like we were taken care of wonderfully. We had, which I think we were taken care of a lot better than a lot of other volleyball programs are. I mean, we stayed in really nice hotels. Um, we got to eat really good food. She always made sure we had whatever we needed. Um, we got all the gear we needed. We just, there was not, we weren't lacking anything. There was nothing that like we didn't, that we needed that we didn't have. And so I think that just speaks a lot to our program and how much um, the people above us cared about us. And so I didn't feel personally any um, lacking just because we weren't a revenue generating sport. Um, and then being a woman, I also, I think a lot of people would say something different, but I didn't feel like I was viewed lesser than some of the male student athletes, mm -hmm. but I feel like everyone at SMU's perception is probably a little bit altered just because SMU is not the most prideful school right. <laughs> in their athletic program. Right. So so I think across the board there's not there's not like one sport that gets so much attention and then like other sports that nobody cares about. I mean there are varying degrees of that. Obviously more people go to the football games than come to the volleyball games and more people go to men's basketball than men's golf probably. But I just think that has a lot to do with it is just um, the culture of the school and how much school spirit there is or there is not, um, unfortunately, at SMU. But I think just in my role as an athlete there, as a female student athlete, I didn't feel um, any lesser than. And I think that's also just me as a person. I just, if people did treat me like that, I didn't take it that way because I was just confident in who I was anyway. Um, and then also back to the first point about being on a non-revenue generating team. Um, I think that's also very specific to SMU because there are other much larger volleyball programs um, within the NCAA that just get a lot of attention. Their school is just so, they're so backed by the school the volleyball program is. And so I think it's just, it varies by school, but um Again, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I ever lacked anything, mm -hmm. knowing, knowing what my, what the circumstances were, if that makes sense. It, that definitely does make sense. And it makes me feel good um, that you all did not have a negative experience with that. Um, so my mm -hmm. follow-up, my follow-up question to both of those about the non-revenue generating and you being a woman, do you think that, um, the next volleyball player, the high school volleyball player now who's trying to think about what university they want to go to or college, do you think that those are two things they should consider um, that their coach and that their school really gives them support um, and makes them feel equal to their, um, the male student athletes on campus? Do you think that's something that they should consider as they're trying to see what school they want to go to? Yeah, I think they should consider it from the standpoint of how they're treated as an athlete in general. I think athletes um, give a lot for this school. Um, and I think that most athletes, of course, there's always, you know, um, right. but I think athletes, they do a lot, they give a lot. Um, and so I think in return, we just want to be taken care of. We want to know that we have the resources um, to help us when we're injured. We want to know that you're going to take care of us on the road and make sure that we're nourished the way we should be. And that um, like our voices are heard as far as when, you know, like if we're exhausted, um, there's going to be times where you have to push yourself. But when you are on the verge of breaking or you are broken, like hear me and understand me and listen to me. And um, so I think that knowing the culture of both the school and the program that you want to be involved in is big and, um, just kind of talking to athletes and hopefully getting an honest impression of what that program is like, not just someone who doesn't like it because whatever, um, whatever reason that isn't really um, a valid reason. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I don't think decisions should be made. Um, like I want to go to a school where at least 5,000 
fans come every game. Like, and I, like, I don't think that aspect of revenue generating should be taken into consideration because yeah, it's so fun to play in front of a sold out crowd, but I don't know. You, you went to a game, you know how many people typically came to a volleyball game. It wasn't a heck of a lot, but I still had a lot of fun and I still loved my experience. And so I think that aspect of it is a, is a pro and if you can get that then wonderful but it shouldn't be like a deciding factor because I think there's so much more um to the experience than just how many people come to watch me play and the little things that just really don't matter at the end of the at the end of the day right oh that's perfect I'm glad that you brought up the fact that is you should think about how you're valued as a complete student athlete because the only reason why I asked you about those two things was because I was I was a male and I was a revenue generating sport so i wanted to get mm-hmm. your perspective i wasn't i'm not trying to for anyone listening i'm not trying to single her out because she is a female i just want to get that perspective um and trying to hit that audience as well how you felt about that um, yeah for sure another thing you did talk about was your self-worth mm-hmm. and so i know you i know that you are um, a christian and believer um, of jesus christ so what does your how does your faith um, what kind of role does your faith play in your journey through college um, it's huge. And I think my journey through college is kind of what, um, not reestablished my faith because I've always been a woman of faith growing up, but I think, um, it kind of ignited like a new kind of, um, relationship with God. And so through going, um, to FCA, I went, started going to FCA, I think freshman year, um, going to FCA retreats, um, and then just kind of having that group of people by you that you could walk through life with and college with and through your faith with was huge for me just because um, there are a lot of distractions in college and they're just in college in general. And then being an athlete, there are just so many other things that you have to do and you have to get done um, that it's super easy to just kind of let your faith fall by the wayside and um, just not take precedence. And so going to FCA and then going specifically to that FCA retreat, um, that's really where me personally, I learned about having a relationship with God um, and kind of learning how to talk to him and pray to him. And just in every situation that I was in that I just kind of felt like I was drowning, like I would call out to him um, and just kind of put my faith back in him in that moment and just give the situation to him knowing that he was with me. And so that played a huge part in the rest of my college journey because um, I hit a point in my sophomore year in volleyball where I was so, I had made um, the all-conference team freshman year, which was a surprise. I wasn't, I don't even think I knew about awards freshman year again. I was just playing because it was fun and I was excited to be on the team. Mm And then sophomore year, I kind of felt like I had to repeat myself and do just as well so that I could get more accolades. And so I was so stats driven that after in the middle of a game, as I was doing things, every point I would get or mistake I would make or block I would get, I was like tracking it in my head. And it was horrible because I wasn't playing the game anymore for the love of it. I was playing it for the statistics and making sure that I was I was a leader on the leaderboard. And so um, then that sophomore year when I went to the FCA retreat and kind of reestablished my relationship with the Lord, that kind of just really helped me throughout my junior and senior year to learn that volleyball is not what I'm here for. Volleyball is not my purpose. Volleyball is just something that I'm blessed to do and I've given the ability to do. And so it really just kind of freed me from needing um to do my needing to do amazing needing to be the best like I still that was still my job and so I still gave everything I had I still competed as hard as I could and worked out as hard as I could and trained as hard as I could but it wasn't everything and so um to me my faith was just everything in guiding me through college um realigning me whenever I got off track um, kind of putting my focus back on the Lord when I got distracted and wandered. And so, yeah, it's huge. It's 
it's a um, definite, I don't know what the word is, but it's like you're, it's the cornerstone in, in your journey through college, for me at least. That's so amazing to me because a lot of times uh, we do put our identity in the sport that we're playing. Mm -hmm. And so for you to take a step back and to say, okay, I don't need to be stats driven and still have the opportunity to have some of the accomplishments that you had over the last two or three years is so amazing to me. Um, so let's take a step back real quick. What, what are some steps or what are some things that you would tell um, either a Christian or a non-Christian who's a student athlete and they're struggling with their self-worth? Like they think that they're this great athlete and this is the only thing I can do. Like how do you help them kind of understand that they need to build their character, um, have great academics, be a great leader, um, and be kind to people? Like how would you help that individual who might be going through um, a situation like that? Yeah, I think it's kind of taking a step back and looking at the situation with a new perspective. I think when you're in the middle of something, um, it's so easy to only see what's right around you. And so if you're a volleyball player and you're in the middle of your volleyball journey, it's so easy to only see like the next couple months or whatever ahead of you and think that volleyball volleyball is everything volleyball is my entire life volleyball is who I am and so it's easy to focus everything that you do around volleyball or whatever the situation um and so I think it's a matter of kind of stepping out of that bubble and being able to see your life as a whole and realize that volleyball even if you even if you join the U.S. national team you play in the Olympics for years and years and years it's only a tiny piece of your life and so kind of identifying yourself in that small little thing is not where your focus should be um, because whether you're a believer or not you've been given this life with so many amazing blessings so many amazing opportunities that are more far-reaching than what you're currently living through and so I think it's just kind of understanding that the situation that you're in, it's just a season and there are so many different seasons that we go through in life. And so um, I think it's important to not pinpoint who you are and nail down who you are in that season because you're like a flower and you're going to bloom in each season and you're going to become, not become someone different, but like you're going to grow in each season and um, mature in all these different areas. And so I hope I answered that question correctly. You did. That's great. No, that's okay. amazing. That's good, Janelle. That's really good. Um, so let's talk about your accomplishments. I'm, I've been thinking about this for a long time. So you were very successful in high school. You were able to do a lot of things on the court. Um, and then when you got to college, you were able to bump it up another level and be recognized on a national level and not just like the local state level as well. I'm sure you had a little bit of that in high school, but like college, like the media and everything's a little bit different. So what did it take for you to elevate your potential from high school to college? Because there's so many high school, great high school athletes that don't necessarily necessarily translate to the collegiate level. So what did that take for you? What, what was your mindset? How did you, how were you able to do that? I think it's knowing, going into college, knowing that everything is a level or two or three or 10 above what you were just competing at, what you were just studying at. Um, so I think it's going into college knowing that there's going to be a lot more that's asked of me, the competition that I'm playing at. Some of these girls are going to have three or four more years of experience on me. Um, and so I think it was just going in with that mentality of I'm going to have to work for what I want. And I'm going to have, if I want to play, if I want to play and I want to beat out some of these upperclassmen as a freshman, it's, I'm not just going to walk on the court and they're going to be like, Janelle, we love you. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to work for it and I'm going right. to have to prove, um, prove being on the court and prove starting over all these other girls who have been playing for longer than I have. So um 
I think it's it's going in knowing that and knowing that you're going to have a lot of extra work and it's just embracing it. I think some people, maybe they know that, but they kind of shy away from it or they're not, they just don't want to give the extra effort, which by all means, that's your own decision, but then you're just going to have to accept where those circumstances land you, which is going to be in the same position that you were always in. So if you want to elevate and you want to take your game one step above and all that other stuff, then you have to have that mentality of, I have to work hard. It's probably not going to be fun. A lot of times it's going to be painful. Um, and all of these things that just come with being an athlete and come with growth, you have to, there's going to be discomfort and growth. Um, so I think it's just embracing that and having fun with it because at the end of the day, when you think back, like when I think back on my experience, I don't think back on all of the 6am workouts that I absolutely hated. I don't think back about that one set of push-ups that I had to do where I was on the verge of crying because it hurt so bad. I think about all the amazing games that I miss the adrenaline rush. I miss those close sets that we ended up winning. And I just think about all of the good things and successes that came out of that hard work um, and mentality of just, just embracing what I, what I knew was about to come. Yeah. So you knew the pain was temporary, but like those memories that you still have, like are long lasting is what you think about. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's amazing. That's good. Um, so your four years here, from what I remember, which y'all told me were the best four years that SMU's volleyball has experienced. Like you made a, a couple NCAA tournaments, and y'all were able to do some things that not a lot of SMU volleyball teams have done in the past or have done since. So mm -hmm. how, does, how were y'all able to turn the whole program around like that? What did it take? Um, I, I think it was – I think it was the dynamic of the team that we had and we had when I was on the team, a lot of really competitive, really fiery and just success driven players on the team. Um, and so I think we kind of were just all aligned on the same thing. And I know my freshman and sophomore year, the team was super young because I think half of the team playing at any one time was either a freshman or a sophomore. Sorry, my dogs are barking in the background. Yeah, you're perfectly fine. You, we love okay. dogs on here. We love okay. Dogs. <laughs> um, so the team was young, but we were all just kind of on the same page for those few years. We just wanted to win. We knew we were good. We knew we could. And so um, I think it was, we just had a different dynamic going and the group of girls that we had throughout my four years, every year we just clicked and we just had, we just had a thing going. And um, I think, I know, especially, I think all the years, I think there was a good group, um, a solid, probably majority group of girls on the team who were Christians. And so there was always that, kind of higher purpose that we knew we were playing for. And so we kind of connected on that level too. Um, and just kind of knowing that any mistakes that we make, any anything that happens on the court that wasn't what we were planning, like we're good. We're not, we're not rooted in the mistake that we just made. That's not who we are. Um, so I think that was just kind of what, at least for the years I was there, I feel like that's what kind of took us to the next level is just, mm -hmm we were just connected as a team. Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of people need to understand that um, the success that you have individually is I think directly related to the success of your team as well. And so mm -hmm. um, by y'all being um, on the same mindset, going towards the same thing, it was easier for y'all to, like you said, forget about those mistakes. Like your mistake is not what's going to define you. you. You're not trying to make that mistake. You just made a mistake. Right. And so move, that, it makes it easier to move past the mistake that you make on a play and move forward to the next play or set or whatever you need to do. Which I think yeah. Important. Yeah. And I also think that we all knew that we needed each other in order to be successful. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't 
I wasn't going to pass that, kill the ball all myself. Neither was Katie, neither was Abby. You know, we, I needed Mo to dig the ball. I needed Avery to set the ball. I needed Katie to kill the ball. Like we just needed each other to make the whole thing work. And so I think, I don't think there was a lot of like selfishness on the team. It was, it was togetherness. Right. No, that's the beauty of team sports, Janelle. That's really good. Yep. Um, So as we finish this interview, I want to talk a little bit about your degree plan and what you're currently doing. So when you were initially coming into um, college, what did you think that your degree, that your degree, you're going to get your degree in? I think it changed like every day. I think initially, (laughs) initially I wanted to do math. I wanted to major in math. And so I started down that course my freshman and sophomore year maybe and started taking math credits toward a math degree got to calc three passed calculus three by the hair on my chinny chin chin and then got to like the next math course which was some algebra class Mm. that I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore I was like I'm not I don't understand this I'm not retaining the information I'm learning I'm simply putting it in my brain in order to put it on the test paper and then I'm losing it. So then I changed and I switched over to journalism because I thought at that point I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, so I started doing journalism and I ended up majoring in journalism. I saw that through, but the summer before my senior year, I did an internship um, with CBS 11 news just as a, a reporter intern, news reporter intern. Um, And I just learned that the newsroom and um, kind of the lifestyle of a reporter was not for me. It was just kind of chaos, kind of, um, I'm very type A and I need a, I need a routine. I need a nine to five schedule and I just, I'm going to go to work at nine. I'm going to go home at five. And as a reporter, you're just you're called <laughs> wherever the story is. And right. if if the story ends up resolving itself and fizzles out on your way to the story, then you just pull a Yui and you go back. And so I just, it wasn't for me. I didn't like the uncertainty um, of every day. Um, and then I also realized that I couldn't be a sports broadcaster because as much as I love sports and I love I loved being an athlete and I loved being surrounded by athletes. Um, and I love that the athletic world, I did not know enough about other sports to be able to report on them and be smart. So <laughs> that wasn't an option. Um, so when I was looking for a job after, um, or I guess toward the end of college, I just kind of expanded my horizons to communications as a whole. Um, just because, journalism and communications kind of go hand in hand so that's when I ended up um, finding the job that I'm currently at which is not math or it's not journalism related it's just communications in general so how do you feel um, now looking back about you switching and transitioning um, a couple different times and now that you're like you're in communications in general but just kind of different than what you thought what would you tell that student athlete who is struggling to figure out what they want to do with their career is that a is it a big thing for you that you're not um doing what you initially thought about so walk us through that a little bit um no i think i think whenever you go to college and you have to declare your major i think that's really hard that 18, 19, 20 years old to choose what you want to do for the rest of your life. And for the, because I still don't know what I want to do. Mm. Um, and the people who have that figured out, I'm like, gosh, bless you because that's, I'm so happy for you because that's just an amazing thing to just be really passionate about something and just feel like this is what I want to do. That's not me. So I think choosing what you want to do is really difficult. Um, I would recommend, and I had chosen, majors that I was interested in and so obviously that's my recommendation is do something that you like that you're passionate about not just because it sounds cool and you think that being on tv is going to be really cool like you have to be passionate about it um I think changing your mind is totally fine um even if it 
if you've been taking courses that lead you toward this major and now you kind of need to switcheroo and you need to take courses toward this major, you'll get through it. It's not, it's not going to hold you back or anything. I think making the right decision and changing is the most important thing is realizing that's not what I wanted to do. This is what I want to do. Um, and then I also just think one thing for me that I learned was huge are internships, mm. get an internship because I was going into my senior year thinking I just I'm going to work at a news station when I'm done I'll just be a reporter for a while hopefully I'll make it to the anchor desk because in my mind that's just it sounded like what I wanted to do and then when I got into that field I was like this is not <laughs> what I want to do right. and if I would have signed a three-year contract with a news station I would have been miserable because mm. this isn't me and so I highly recommend internships um even if all you get out of it is realizing that the path that I thought I wanted to go down is not what I want to go down. That's going to save you so much time and energy and frustration um, down the road. So I think, I think not having a plan when you go into college and not knowing what you want to do is totally fine. I think not knowing what you want to do, even once you have your degree is totally fine because I'm in that boat. Um, not saying I'm unhappy. I just, I just know that where I'm at is not my ultimate mm -hmm. end point. So yeah. I think it's fine to keep pursuing and keep searching and even trying new things until you figure out what you love if you don't know that going in. Yeah. So how, as a student athlete, how do I find these internships? That's the first question. Sorry. Another question is, um, how do you have time to do internships? So Finding internships, yes, that can be difficult. Um, I, I found my internship through the journalism department at SMU. And so, and I think that's how a lot of programs do it is you can, because your professors are well connected, they're um, experts in their field. And so they have connections. And so I think a lot of times you can find internships through their um, Career fairs, I think, as much as I did not like going to career fairs because I did not have my career figured out, um, I think those are helpful because they just can, you can learn more about an internship. You can find out if a company even has an internship um, and you can apply. I think those are huge. Um, and then, of course, just just researching online and just yeah. using those job platforms to look for internships. Um, but then, yes, how do I have time to do an internship? That's huge because, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of athletes take summer school classes and um, have summer workouts. And it's like, how do I even, I, I can't, I can't fit this in. Um, I think, I think most coaches are accommodating in helping you toward your career um, because they know that 95% of the athletes are not going to continue to play their sport mm -hmm. after college. And so I think it's just communicating. It's communicating with your coach and your academic advisor and your professor. And then also your, the company that you're interning with um, to set a schedule that works for you. Because I was able in my internship to kind of set my schedule and, you know, I can be here at this time, but then I need to leave by this time. Um, and so I think it's just, it's really owning your schedule and being a good time and project manager mm -hmm. um, and just kind of talking with your coach and letting them know that this is important to me. I need to figure out what I want to do with my life. I have this opportunity um, and kind of present a plan to them. Like here, I can, I can do this. I'll be working from this time to this time, but I'll be back for these practices. I'll be here in the morning for this workout, stuff like that. So it's just really knowing your schedule and just kind of making the puzzle pieces fit together. Yeah. So communication is huge, which I don't think mm -hmm. that I truly understood that until I got to college because communication is so big. Um, Cause you have so many obligations as you talked about earlier. And so communicating is super, super important for all those out there mm -hmm. listening. Um, so yeah, with the, for sure. Yeah. With the smaller amount of time we have left, can you run real quick down five pieces of advice you would give student athletes out there who want to be a college athlete? 
Yes. One would be you just have to work hard. You just have to know that in order to stand out, you have to put out, you have to put forth effort that others aren't. And you have to do things that others aren't doing so that you stand out amongst the crowd and you don't just fall in. Um, the second thing would be what you just mentioned, communication. Communication with um, colleges in whatever degree you can do that at your point um, is huge because if you want colleges to notice you, you need to get the word out. You need to talk to them, um, communicate with them, show your interest, all that stuff. Otherwise, they might think you're not interested if you're not talking to them. Mm -hmm. um, third, don't don't put so much pressure to make things happen. Just have fun. The most important thing about sports is having fun. That's why um, people watch sports as they're fun. And I think that's why you should want to play sports is because they're fun. Don't make it, don't make it like a burden on you. I think mm -hmm. just, just work hard, take advantage of the abilities that you've been blessed with and just, um, just go for it. Yeah, that's good. Janelle, this has been tremendous. I think this will help so many um, student athletes, not just volleyball, but in general with your story. So thank you so much for joining us on the Elevating Your Potential podcast. It's been great. Do you have any parting words before we leave? Um, no, just thank you for having me. And I hope that someone out there is able to take some of those bits of whatever wisdom I was able to offer. And just <laughs> you kind offered of, a lot. <laughs> just kind of... Um, yeah, elevate their game and kill it out there. Yes, that's great. All right, thank you, Janelle. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you.